gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Nathan Brennan. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there. This is the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Pockovan. He is Nate Brennan. You can find us every weekday here as we get it going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. From three to four. Uh, and uh, we got a nice show lined up for you. We're going to talk a little bit of, a, obviously, the national championship game last night. Uh, Nebraska football. Uh, some people are the story of the day seems to be a little bit of worry and are trying to gauge the interest of Nebraska football fans out there as spring game tickets aren't exactly on par for what they've been in the past. Uh, Brian Munson of Husker Online will join us here in a little bit, so maybe we'll break that down a little bit. Uh, did you stay up for the championship game? I know you had to wake up early, so what, how did how did you enjoy watching the comeback for Kansas? I watched the consolidated, condensed game. I, I didn't stay up for it, but <laughs> looking at a lot of tweets and talking to some of my buddies who a lot of them still live on East Coast time, they didn't stay up for the game, so it, a lot of it is what we talked about yesterday, Bach, how when you do a game at 9 o'clock on a Monday night, turns out most of the world that works a 9-to-5 job isn't going to stay up for it. So kudos to you if you did stay up for it. It was a great game. Um, I think, Bach, unfortunately for your argument, I, I think Kansas was the best team in the country, and they ended up winning. Uh, did they play the second best team in the country? I don't know. That's up for debate. UNC's they played, looked good. They won their six games and played uh, a two. They never played a one seed. Obviously, played a right. two seed. Played a four seed. Won with an eight seed. Played, played the hottest seed. team in college <laughs> basketball, arguably in UNC. I would say the best team in the country won. I think we were given that. Were we given a lot of chaos and games that probably shouldn't have ended the way that they did along the way? Yeah, probably. But I'd say at the end of the day, the best team in the country won this year, as it normally does. I don't even think the best team on the court won last night, uh, partially because the court wasn't in the proper working condition. Uh, Ken Pomeroy tweeted this out. Manic came up gimpy after slipping on the final play. UNC played six guys. Three ended up with sprained ankles. And another one puked. So here, if you missed the game last night, this is a review of what happened in the game. And the medic gets out and says, oh, my God. New guy's in the corner puking his guts out. <laughs> All because you want to save a couple extra pennies. And <laughs> to me, it doesn't get out. <laughs> so that's pretty much uh, how it went. Yeah. Puff, Puff, uh, Puff was uh, having trouble puking. And he play actually played pretty good um, for Puff Johnson for what uh, his he role did. usually yeah. is. Um, and so maybe he kind of sparked him up. But by, by the time he, he was puking, Caleb Love rolled his ankle. Brady Manick was tripping everywhere. But the worst part is Armando Baycott, who rolled his ankle in the previous game, um, rolled it again at the in the final moment due to the floor coming up a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I'm Which not is very sure. odd. The whole situation was odd. Well, not just odd, just somewhat unprofessional yeah, and not uh, not man. very good when you have. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's the old 
argument there. Why do you have a basketball court, uh, you know, just to throw up real quick in a football stadium? (laughs) I mean, it doesn't seem like it's all there, so I I don't know. Uh, And then on the very next play, I mean, the winning play, they said, oh, Baycott's out. We're going to tag the middle then with McCormick. And and they did it. Yeah, that's Um, what they needed to do. I've always found it odd that I I guess they have to because they're playing on a legitimate football stadium. But the court being elevated, I am shocked that there have not been more injuries because of that. Because when they show the players, their heads are barely above the court. Uh, it's a, if oh, you yeah, are falling too. off that court, it is a drop. Like you, yeah, you are you actually hurt. you are, you can get seriously injured. And I'm shocked that it hasn't happened. One of these days, it's going to. It's bound to. Because I feel like every single year, it's the elevated court. Which, hey, I know it's all about making money, selling tickets, and March Madness is the NCAA's best source of revenue oh, yeah. uh, for the entire year. So I, I get it. But one of these days. You're going to have a player like a Zion Williamson go out there, get a serious injury, and a lawsuit's going to be coming. Well, maybe we'll be coming. Maybe we can see. I think after after this year, I mean, it directly affected the game. You've got to get oh, back to basketball. Oh, arenas. yeah. yeah you yeah. can't have the national championship game decided because some of the floorboards coming up when one of the players rolls his ankle on it. I know. It, absolutely I know. I know. ridiculous. I know Carolina fans are probably um, furious about it, it, and I would be too. It, it was it was pretty ridiculous. But I mean, in that, but it also goes along with the fact that they don't have a whole lot of depth. They only really play five guys to begin it's with. The price you pay. Um, so you know, yeah. there's a bit of a risk there. But uh, yeah, you should be able. I mean, when you're uh, the court, like you said all the reasoning. money. Yeah, all yeah. the money that that's put into this tournament, the court should not be coming up at times, uh, especially at, at that time. For what it's worth, though, too, it's kind of weird because can. Kansas didn't take advantage of it. Like, Baycott was down. They go down. They have a wide-open shot uh, if they wanted it with Wilson. They had, like, a one-point lead. There's, like, a minute left, and they just waited for Baycott to get back down so they could call the timeout. So, I don't know. That was weird. That was sportsmanship, I guess. Texter you don't says, usually see that. Uh, I guess both teams weren't playing on the same court. It's a good point. I feel like for some reason North Carolina were the ones falling victim to the court. So, yeah. I, I don't really know why that's the case, but – yeah, I guess they were both playing on the same court. But, again, my, mine is not more uh, it, it played in Kansas's favor. Mine's that you got some college athletes that they're going to be going to the NBA next season. This is – you're risking millions of dollars to be on the court. It's the same argument that we have for the um, college football playoff and then extended past that the New Year's Six Bowls. These guys aren't playing because they're focused on playing professionally. And if you have a court that's not stable enough to hold – Million dollar ankles. Maybe <laughs> we should be playing on a basketball court. Who would have thought, right? Maybe, well, just maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't completely take the. Not say that they didn't play on the same court. If you're a Kansas fan, but your guy didn't have his ankle rolled. Like the most <laughs> important player who already had his ankle rolled at this right. very same spot. You know, tournament. Like if you go to the replay, you can see the floorboard coming up. It was very much yep. caused the ankle roll. Um, so it's a. Uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate that it happened to him. It could have happened to anybody out there. And uh, and thank God it didn't more often than not, knowing that that's how it was a possibility. You just don't expect to see that in 2022. You'd think no. they'd probably have that uh, cleaned up. But uh, it is what it is. Either way, Kansas does go uh, go out on top, 72-69. to 69, um, Bill Self's second title. Yep. Kansas is only – I think it's only their fourth, surprisingly, for how much of a oh, blue wow. blood they are. Yeah. But, uh, uh, it's tough, man. Still, yeah, it is tough. tough to get those get those victories. Uh, let's go on to uh, Nebraska football. It's kind of the, the talk of the day. Um, as we speak right now, Nebraska is, uh, you know, as before and in the past under Frost even, sold out 
the Memorial Stadium for the spring game um, sometimes in as much as a day or two. I mean, th- yeah. these are these are usually a pretty hot ticket. They're only 10 bucks. Uh, of course, we know everybody in the state just football starved and they want to get there and see their Huskers and support them. And, uh, you know, I was reading something from Husker online. I thought they said it well. It's almost become a source of pride from Nebraska football fans to say we have the best fans in the nation. I mean, it's like the sellout streak. It's yeah. a sense of pride, I would say. Yeah, the sellout streak's just very odd to talk about because it's... Uh, You're not a big sellout streak guy? Well, I love it. and It's a I, sense of pride. Husker fans hold on to that. It is a sense of pride. The problem is that it's a bit manufactured at times right. um, where, you know, there's there's been plenty of games in the past now where a few thousand tickets were, were bought by donors or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, I, when I go back to that and, and people say that, it's like, well, yeah, but Duke's not buying out all their tickets. They don't have a list of donuts or donors that are ready to scoop up. You know, everybody across the nation, I'm not just, you know, but I'm, you know, that, that's a non-football school. But it's the same thing with like Notre Dame, Alabama, all these schools. Um, you know, the donor's support should be included in the pride that you have in yeah. the sellout streak. Uh, and certainly the uh, red carpet experience, which was introduced this last year. I don't care how many games they win. They should have at least um, for how good of an idea that is and to get kind of, you know, people that aren't able to otherwise go. Um, they should always have a few hundred tickets yeah. or whatever they do. I don't know how many it is, but um, to, to do regardless of whether they're struggling to sell the tickets or not. Um, as of right now. Uh, though Tom Chattel reported of the Omaha World Herald that Nebraska officials have sold 46,000 tickets for the spring game as of Monday, um, which is just over half capacity. So um, that's not normal. Now we're all left kind of thinking, is this post-COVID type of thing? Is this 3-9? and nine? The You know, maybe just the belief system right. isn't there as much. Uh, the excitement's not there. How much of a walk-in crowd where, is there going to be? Maybe it's one of those deals where everybody's like, I might, you know, it, it probably, to me at least, is probably hit to the fact for a lot of people is, you know, I'm not going to completely um, take the risk of, of planning my whole weekend around this thing. Uh, if it if it's there and, and the weather's good, but I might go. it's also only 10 bucks. 10 bucks. That's the thing. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Is, uh, I mean, yeah, you buy it I mean, beforehand, you're out 10 bucks. Yeah. But you also know that with only 46,000 or, or, you know, it, it just kind of uh, being reported, the ways that it's yeah, gone along yeah, is yeah. that you can just get the tickets on game day. So you don't right. have to pre-purchase a $10 ticket. You can just do it on the day. So I think that factors in for some Lincoln people. However, people around the state, that can't be the factor, right? And that's a lot of what happens at Memorial Stadium is people come in from obviously outside of Lincoln, outside of Omaha. And, uh, and you wonder if those people aren't planning on making mm-hmm. the trip just because the interest isn't there. For what it's worth – the game should be fascinating as far as well, maybe that's another part of it is that it might not be a game. I mean, uh, uh, offense versus defense, right. red versus white. Right. I don't think that factored in it. We just learned about that. But um, what I do think is that the game, as far as like position battles and new guys and a new quarterback, I mean, that, that should be at the top of the list, is there's a lot to be intrigued by. It just might be a wait until – we see it, you know, Cusker fans, maybe at this way year, this time, four years in are thinking, maybe I'm not going to completely put all, put uh, everything behind this team I unless they know. prove it first. I go ahead and text us. Sarder Heyman text line four zero two four six four five six eight five. I really want to know what everyone else thinks, because we that that's why I love the shows. We get every single angle that you could possibly have when it comes to Husker football. And I've looked at this about every single way that you can. And I, I don't really know how to interpret it. The way that I look at it is that what COVID has done, in my opinion, 
A lot of people are much more comfortable watching on their couch. Yeah. It's the weather leading up to this game hasn't been great. We haven't really gotten the warmer weather. It looks like it's going to be mid-60s, sunny. It looks like it's going to be a pretty good game. It looks like the weather's going to be nice. But people are okay drinking a beer, watching on their couch now. It's just the reality. It's the world that we live in. We're seeing that across the board. It, it can be for concerts. It can be other sporting events. And that's just kind of how I'm interpreting it. But then on the flip side of that, like you said, you have fans that are hungry for something. We Like this time last year, we were at half capacity. We, we weren't even able to fill a stadium because of COVID protocols. Right. So I guess you can look at it both ways. I don't think it's a red flag. I still think come week one, um, you're going to sell out the stadium. I think Husker fans are going to travel to Northwestern. I don't see this as big of a concern. The bigger concern that I see is the huge drop since Scott Frost got here because you can blame it on the pandemic. You can blame it on sentiment in the program. Something has happened for it to go from a sellout to a near sellout to now you're selling half the tickets. And like you said, Bach, we were at the point where tickets would be on sale for two days. Boom, you've got 80,000 fans ready to go, rearing to go for the spring game. So something happened. I I don't really know how to interpret it. I know there's a ton of opinions out there. So again, please text us. Start a Heyman text line four zero two four six four five six eight five. Let us know what you think. Is this a red flag? Is it not? Because I don't know, Baca. I'm very interested to see or hear what you have to say on this. Because as someone that you've been to your fair share of, of spring games, you've oh, yeah. seen the the buzz around the spring game leading up uh, uh, to the season for for years. It, and it's probably been a while since it's been something like this. So how, how are you interpreting this? Uh, again, it's hard to exactly pinpoint it. Um, I think that part of it has to be, I mean, I, at some point, I like you said, I'm not really fearful too much of the sellout streak um, or like the, 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 you know, the stadium actually filling up on game days. But Especially just, in Big Ten play. It's just Big Ten games will sell out. Yeah. It's just interesting to gauge the interests of Husker fans. I in in. You know, you could say it's the three and nine thing or whatever. I think a part of it too has to be, you know, this isn't new. This is, you know, five straight years of going into a spring game, going, we didn't make a bowl last year. Hearing the same things from the coaching staff. Well, yeah. but it's it's just you know it, yeah. it's just at some point that's got to set in and hurt your fan base. Nebraska's has been widely regarded and is known as a fan base that can stick up for itself and and you know kind of uh, fight that off. But it it part of that reason is because they've never really been through something like this since in you know in modern college football. So um, I think that it's probably certainly a mix of both. I I, I think it'd kind of be silly to think that there's nothing in this on these numbers that have to do with you know the COVID. But for what it's worth, right. last year. Um, Alabama had 47,000 go to their spring game last year. Um, so that's around the, n- the number Nebraska has. Again, when you compare that, and the comparison thing is always like, what are we even talking about? Because most of these schools, I think Alabama included, don't charge. So we're, we're still talking we're about still, and making money, an yeah. extreme amount of fan base, whether it's 80,000, 40,000. I don't care if it's 20,000. They don't no, Most places don't charge. So the fact but, that you can charge anything and right. make uh, you know money off of it uh, is all is all you know great for Nebraska football. It's just as in comparison to previous years when That's you can charge thing. and sell out. That's what it is, is you have this pride in the spring game. And you have this consistency of maybe not selling out, but getting pretty darn close to selling out. And that's the standard that you've set. So now that we reach the point that fans are kind of 
coming back a little bit to reality, I guess you would say, and you're only selling 46,000 tickets, that's a huge drop. And I know compared to Alabama, compared to other bigger programs, that's probably on par. And they're they're selling them 10 bucks a piece. You're making money off of it. But when you set the precedent that we are Nebraska, we're going to sell this game out, it doesn't matter if it's a glorified practice, which many call it, and now something like this happens – you're gonna turn an eye. I, I and again, I don't. I don't know if it's a red flag. I don't think it is. I think when you get into the regular season, tickets are gonna be sold. But I do think, and a lot of the text line agrees that Frost has something to do with it. The recent, oh, yeah. the recent terrible seasons, uh, which there's no really way of sugarcoating it. They've been terrible seasons. They haven't made a bowl game. That goes into it. Now, how much of it is because there's not. Too much faith in the coaching staff, not too much faith in the program. I don't know. But that has to be part of it. Because when Scott Frost got here, to your point, they sold out. Oh, yeah. Fans were excited. Fans were ready for Scott Frost. So I, I don't know if it if it has to do with the coaching staff or not. But it is certainly a factor. Well, and then the other part of it is you kind of have to think, um, is this – reversible in other words if scott frost that's a good question we're let go that's a good, that's you a very didn't good bring in a home run hire you brought in a guy um that you know a new guy new hope new excitement but a lot of people when frost was hired thought you know this if he doesn't turn around then who can so the home run hire right so there yeah. might be a little less enthusiasm with the buy-in for the third coach <laughs> a new coach uh when the last two have been Failures, and and that's fair to say. If Scott Frost were fired, we'll see. I mean, he could still turn it around. But I'm I'm saying I'm putting in the case with if he were fired, which is certainly possible. If we're yeah. uh, if we're on, it's thirty nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, You're we'll right. typically do that to you. You don't make a bowl game this year; it's done. Yeah, and he's he's clearly Simple is where he is. So you know, we'll see this next year. But you have to wonder, like, if they if they went out and hired, um, you know, I I don't even know who to throw out there, but you know, somebody just. Along the lines of a, of, a, of a Mike Riley from years ago where it's not like the home run hire. It's just like, oh, let me look that guy up. Or, oh, I guess that's okay. <laughs> Those are you always know, the worst. Would you get 45,000 yeah. people? Would you get 60,000? Would there be more people interested? Would there be less people interested? I, I, I don't think it would probably go that way. But I don't know if it would be. Um, I don't know if Nebraska fans are at a point that they just don't believe in Frost or if they just don't believe in Nebraska until it turns around. And again, clearly, um, we're just talking about a portion of Nebraska's fan base because there is you know, still 45,000 people still certainly pre-ordering. You know, there's going to be a lot more walk-in. There'll be walk-ins, um, that, yeah. That's going to be, you know, planning on going and stuff like that. So uh, it's kind of fascinating. As we talk about Nebraska's fan loyalty, I wanted to play this too. Um, just because it's Nebraska, this is what Nebraska really has more than anything these days. Josh Pate of 24-7 Sports kind of put this together. So that when he talks about Pate University, he's putting his perfect school together. So mm. he picked a different uniform combo and all this other stuff. When he went to Nebraska's, uh, when he went to loyalty, actually, of a fan base, he chose Nebraska, and here's why. Loyalty is important to us at Pate State. Loyalty is a precious and priceless commodity. They have it at Nebraska like I want it at Pate State. At Nebraska, unlike some other places, you could never know what that team's record is by flying the blimp above the stadium because it looks the same whether you're 8-4 and four or 4-8, four and eight, whether you're 2-10 and 10 or 10-2. and two. That's why everyone around the country loves their program. But then not too far down the list, they say, and I'd really love for Nebraska to get it back on track. Nobody outside of former or current rivals, nobody hates Nebraska. Everybody either loves 
or likes Nebraska. And there's a soft place in people's heart for Nebraska. Number one, because some of you have been road fans and you've gone in there and been treated, you know, like uh, the nicest receptionist at the history of Holiday Inn would treat you. And then secondly, you watch the fan loyalty. Everyone appreciates that. And I'll tell you who really appreciates it. Programs out there, whether you're winning or you're losing, you're struggling to fill your stadium up. You're struggling to get folks to show up on time. You're struggling to get them to stick around through all four quarters. And then you look up the road, probably a good ways, depending on where you are in Lincoln, Nebraska, and those folks are flying those red balloons every Saturday, and they got that thing jammed to the rafters, even though it's an outdoor venue. I want that kind of loyalty. I want Nebraska fan loyalty. Again, that's Josh Pate, one wow. of the most plugged-in college football analysts uh, over there at 24-7 Sports. Um, speaking of for what it is, and that's what I've been saying for years, is all these records have gone down over the last 20 years. But I'll still tell you what, I, I think Nebraska has a pretty darn good argument to have the best fans in college football, um, partially because of what they've been through over the last 20 years. But also, it was built that way because for 50 years prior to that, they went to bowl games. They were in, in national championship. <laughs> so, so, you know, this didn't just – it didn't come out of thin air. Nebraska's program Gosh. built it up that way. But that's, that's where Nebraska football is, and I, and I hope we'll stay in the near future – uh, and uh, and we'll, we'll see. And, and part of that's, it is just trying to gauge this spring uh, game attendance and see if, if that factors in at all. I think that's the thing, too, is I listen to that, and that gives me the chills a little bit because I, I've seen it firsthand. I, I watched a team that hadn't made a bowl game in, what, four years. I'm an outsider. I come into Lincoln, Nebraska, welcomed with open arms. In that stadium, despite being 3-8 and eight against an Iowa team that's ranked – it's the most electric in college football that weekend. It's insane. I don't know. Uh, Ann Arbor was pretty oh, crazy was, that weekend. Uh, don't even start with Michigan. I didn't. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not even putting Michigan on this. It's just <laughs> something like that. That's why I think something like this, Bach. It's not a red flag, but it's a yellow flag. Because you can hold your hat on what he said. Everything that he said is 100% accurate. This fan base, no matter what will stand by this team, and I really hope they don't lose that. I hope this is not an indication. I hope this isn't a slippery slope because it always starts somewhere. You always start somewhere, and I just hope this isn't the start. Yeah, Jory off the text line says Nebraska fans deserve better from the football team, and that is kind of what you feel like considering the loyalty, and that's where it needs to get to. And I know Trev Alberts and the people over there at that athletic department believe it, and they believe that Frost can be the one to do it. I sure hope so. So we'll Man, see. Sure we'll so. see. It'll be an exciting spring game. We'll break it down a little bit more next with our weekly guest, Brian Munson of Husker Online, coming up next here on the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Colgan Water.